This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Some people say when they really fall in love, they finally understand poetry. And Valentine's Day. And Lionel Richie. Aww. This podcast is the complete opposite of that. This is Funny People Talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Funny People Talking. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and with me, really, as always, so far, yeah. is Mademoiselle Danielle. Mademoiselle Danielle. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle Beckman. <laughs> I, Mark, I release you from you that me? nickname. Oh, my God. Thank God. It's really long and really I French. I can't keep it. It's, it's long and French. So, um, you're, you're released. Okay. That sounds dirty. I don't know. <laughs> so, anywho... <laughs> Um, welcome. Well, yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. And with us, of course, is our producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. How are you feeling today? All right. All right. Anyway, uh, exciting show <laughs> we have today. We've got a very, very cool cat. His name is Jason Carrion. He is a reality TV star, a bona fide real wrestling pro, and a New York City firefighter to boot. I promise you, the guy is very cool. And when you hear how I met him, uh, that's all coming up in a few minutes. But before, oh, and we're going to play a lot of improv. And of course, end of show food from Elsie and lots more craziness in this episode but first i do have a question for danielle here it goes, here All it right. goes. Danielle, i'm always going to have a question for you every time danielle oh i'm know, excited it's part of it i need to understand yeah i noticed when you were coming in you were doing i don't know if it's salsa mm-hmm. flamenco uh some sort of dance and and really in uh, outside of our studio by the way is an office area and uh I felt you were trying to get to know pretty much everyone in the office through <laughs> dance. So my question is, why are you dancing everywhere? Is something up? Are you in a good mood? What's going on? Do you know what's really funny is that I signed up for a salsa class last week. Of course you did. Okay. I show up, right? Because I'm jonesing for salsa. I want to dance the salsa, okay? Uh-huh. Because it's it's different than the cha-cha. It's different from the merengue. What's the salsa about? So I show up. Mark, it's a salsa making class. We were chopping <laughs> tomatoes. We were getting cilantro. We were squeezing the limes. And so, I'm like, are you kidding? That's unfair. That's, that's, that is an unfair use of the word salsa to have both. The advertising was not clear. No, well, I, did it say maybe. like dance you know, your way into the world no, of salsa? But just, they were talking about the food. No, there was like a pun on guacamole, and I don't think I read it close enough. Uh, and you're like, oh, it's all Latin. It's <laughs> yeah. You know. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna cry as I chop these onions. I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna do my little lime wedge. Make the thing. I made a really good batch, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, it was kind of like emulsified. It was really good. Anyway, and so then I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to practice my own salsa on the street. So I was salsaing my way here. Is what you? That's what you saw. Okay, and then everyone in the office got some guacamole. Yeah, no, they got my they got my dance. They got my oh, salsa dance. Salsa dance. Yeah, because you know what? I was like, you know what? If I can't find a class, I'm going to make it up on my own. That's right. Determine your own destiny. Yeah. So okay. now I'm going to ask my actual my a good friend of mine is a dance teacher and i'm gonna just go straight to the source because 
That was embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, sorry to hear about that, but I'm glad that you found your own path. You danced to your own path. I did, and it was embarrassing but delicious. Okay, as everything in life should be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coming up, let me tell you something, Danielle. You have no idea what's coming your way this show. Oh, my God. It's really true. Okay. Okay. After (laughs) your nerd tip or whatever you're going to do about nerds today. Yes. I've got to tell you about the subway pointer who scared the freaking life out of me. I'm going to tell you, inspired by Jason's story, about – did I tell you that um, I'm getting married? Um, you know what? I may have heard you're getting married, and I'm super excited. <laughs> you may have heard. A, bir- a birdie <laughs> you're, like, dancing may on have the told me. Someone, like, go, hey, dear! <laughs> some, some like town crier with a bell just going, hear ye, hear ye! <laughs> No, it it I I may have heard that way. Okay, so I'm going to tell you my my uh, my engagement story. Oh, I was okay. I think, see, I know, I want to hear that because when you hear how if you don't know how Jason got married, um, technically no real engagement. That's wild. It, wow. It, it'll be it may be interesting in contrast to hear what my story was, which is more or less the complete opposite of that. So uh, and. Um, I am going to tell you about how Jason and I met, which involves a fight. And um, I also want to get an update on Elsie's cat. Yeah, I've been thinking about her cat this week. I don't know why. Well, because we're going to get an update. Great. All right. And then, of course, we will have a journey through the story of Mr. Jason Carrion. That's all coming up right after this. But first... Danielle, yes. do you have a nerd tip for us? I do. I have a, a segment called Nerd Knocks. Nerd Knocks. I like it. All right. Ready? So knock, knock. <laughs> Sound effects. It's an audio podcast. I love it. Uh, um, who's there? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty who? Rick and Morty McFly. See, you weren't expecting that, right? Because did you know, Mark? That the title characters of Rick and Morty are based on the main characters from the co-creator Justin Roiland's animated short, The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, which was based on Doc Brown and Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Great, Scott. One <laughs> one disclaimer, though. The, the animated short is a little bit raunchy, so just beware. But I thought that was kind of cool. It is. It, I I swear to you, there's no way I could have known that that was the punchline of that joke. I know, I know. I got to work on the punchline, but yeah. I but I wanted to, you know. We'll give you a second knock, try knock. at the punchline. No, I no, I don't have. We one. don't want to go back. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go back to the future. Uh, there it uh-huh. is. There it is. All right, tell me to start the show, Danielle. Mark, what? I think you should start the show. Okay. All right. From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. All right, everybody. So we are here with Jason Carriano. We're going to get to his story in a minute, but I got to get this off my chest. The weirdest thing happened last night. I'm on the subway. 
And this man starts walking by, and I kind of get the idea he's homeless. Okay. And I'm really interested to know what you think about this, because I kind of t- I don't know if you believe in signs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you think once... Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. So I'm just I'm 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 walking there and I'll, and this man's kind of making his way through the subway and uh, car and he's like, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, excuse me, and he's, I assume he's homeless and going to beg through the cars or he's meeting his his um, perhaps his his drug client in another car or who knows he's who knows why he's traveling from car to car. He walks past me. He stops dead in his tracks turns to me, comes up to me, points his finger right in my face and says, one more effing time, said the Lord our God. (laughs) And then he was, his face was brimming. His eyes were wide. It was so intense and his finger shaking. And I, I have expected to hear a, like a, a roll of thunder like two seconds later. And um, the subway came to the platform and I immediately exited the train car because I was not staying there anymore. And it, wow. I, I must be honest, I'm not a particularly religious person. I'm not a, I, I, you know, it's not like I go, oh, my God, God spoke to me. But, you know, it freaked me out. Right. And so I kept thinking about what does this mean? What does this mean? So I don't know if this is what it meant, but okay. to, but today, so I have three friends in my life. <laughs> so sad, I only have three. That's and I have it. three friends in my life. Are they all in this room? That had all in my head. You're funny. <laughs> uh, you know, people ghost you. Like, like I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you people, but uh, you know, and it's like all of a sudden they just. Disappear from your life. Perfectly good friendship going on. All of a sudden, you never hear from them again. You're like, what? What happened? Did they say something? Did they yeah. do something? Did they get killed? Did they, what? What? What happened? What happened? And you and you know, I don't want to be like it's all about me or anything, but I'm insane about finding out what happened. You know, because what, I don't want it to happen again. Well, I had three very very close friends of mine that all kind of ghosted over the last several years, mm-hmm. inexplicably, and they would never like contact me back in any way. And I do feel generally I'm a pretty well-regarded friend. Like my friends are comfortable with who I am. I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But No, it is true. I'm your friend. Thank you, Danielle. High five on that, my friend. All right. So, so, but so recently I called up a friend that I literally have not talked to in four or five years. He disappeared immediately. And just on a lark, I called him in the park and he, picked up the phone i find out he's moved to another state oh my goodness it wasn't like a warm fuzzy conversation but it was a comfortable conversation and it was just a sense of closure for me so i was like oh hey how about that so then like a couple days later um i find out that another friend of mine's daughter got married oh wow but i haven't talked to him in years and we were very very close like this one freaked me out a little bit so I text him. I say, congratulations on your daughter's – and you have to understand that many times I've tried to get a hold of him. I texted him, congratulated on his daughter's wedding. He texted me back and it turns out that that day he was blocks from me. Whoa. Or like the next day he was going to be blocks from me in the city. He doesn't even live in New York, in New York City. 
we weren't able to connect, but we will see each other. And I feel that that relationship never really went anywhere. And he admitted he had really kind of not paid attention to his friends for a long period of time because of things busy in his life. Yeah, so things ebb and flow. Right? Wow. So today, um, now remember, okay, I'm going back to the guy who points in my face last night. One more time. So I had one friend out of the ghosting that was missing. Yeah. And today I ran out for 10 minutes right before this recording, by the way. Wow. Ran out to the bank to go get some money and go get a haircut. I literally had 10 minutes to do that. I ran. I walked right past the third friend that I haven't seen in months and months. I haven't heard from him. Can't get a hold of him. Don't know what's going on. Walked right past him. I stopped him. It turns out that he uh, he had just lost his phone and didn't have any of the contact information and didn't receive any of the communication that I tried to reach out. Wow. So I'm wondering if this had to do with the guy that pointed in my face and said, one more time. Yeah. What, were, what was the quote again? One more time. One more effing, effing time, time <laughs> says the God, the Lord our, God, our God, something like that. Okay. So, well, you know, I don't assume, by the way, that God is like going, you know, got to reconnect Mark with his friends. So, you know, let me well, you set know, some here's, time aside. Here's what I'll say. I, I have read a lot of the Bible and I have to say that that's not a verse. That's not a quote in the Bible. Okay. Um, but I love this guy's sense of humor. He's got stuff going on. Yeah, he's jumping from subway is to he, subway. He's he quoting comes, someone, maybe he, not God. Does but, he you finish know. with somebody who's like, "Oh my God, I'm so on tonight." <laughs> and yeah, he's just he's calling it out. He's like a fortune teller. No, but what I but what I will say is that it sounds like that moment was so shocking that somewhere in your mind it got you thinking. Just you know, when we get perspective shifts, it's like, whoa, who who are you? It's it's a little shocking, right? And then the fact that these three friends were reconnected all within the same what? Yeah, forty eight hours. Yeah, uh, within a week. Yeah, that within a week. I mean, I mean, that's just. I think that's yeah, they, really cool. Well, but one I think the, it's cool. One I don't know set what another it means. one off a little bit because it made me call someone I hadn't talked to. A right, long time. and maybe that set everything in motion. <gasps> yeah. Gasp. I know. No, you know what, Mark? You're speaking to someone who runs into people every single day of her life. That's me. And I make a list in my phone of all the people I run into because I run into someone every single day to the point where my friends say I could run for office. They're like, Danielle, you know everyone. I don't know You're the how. mayor. I am the mayor. Someone said I should run for like, you know. School board. Whatever. Carol Garden's area oh yeah school like, board. Yeah, 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 yeah ps whatever yeah <laughs> i don't know ps 98 is that a thing what do you call that what do you call that uh lc someone that's in like the local you know politics council member there you go okay ca- thank you see i told you she'd know. she does no politics she does no politics you you are an expert in politics all right i'm gonna move on right now because we have uh jason carry on here and jason um i would love to hear i'm not trying to put you on the spot honestly <laughs> i would love to hear your rendition of what you remember, and and I and and full disclosure, Jason and I are friends, but we are not like tight hangout friends. We are acquaintances, I would say. Um, although I'm really happy to hang with you right now. Uh, but from what you recall, what do you recall about how we even met? Because in my mind, it's a mildly interesting story. I mean, this is going to sound like you don't normally meet people like this, but I do remember a bottle being broken over somebody's head and me falling really hard on the concrete floor. One of those two things did happen. I think, I think something like that. Happened. Yeah, something with a little bit of rendition, but I'm pretty much sure like 
I was a little bit hurt <laughs> afterwards. Okay. So what happened was, um, and, and this will help introduce uh, how Jason has kind of come into the public eye a little bit. Uh, if you don't know, Jason is one of the original stars of the, uh, is it WeTV? Um, now it's on Lifetime. It's on, on Lifetime. Ha, ha, ha. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So on the mm-hmm. Lifetime reality TV series, Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one of the few couples on the very first season. And um, him and his now wife, Courtney, um, who uh, on my previous podcast, uh, Monkey Radio, I had the chance to interview Courtney and hear her story. But uh, Jason and Courtney had just gotten married and the series had not come out yet. And they were filming the reality show. And one of the things that Courtney was into, at least at that time, was burlesque dancing. A burlesque performing, I guess, is more of the way to – part of a burlesque group singing and dancing and so forth. And they had a really interesting uh, speakeasy-themed performance that she was participating in. And they needed some extras, if you will, for a big fight scene, a big uh, – uh, a lot of different characters, you know, mobster kind of characters. That's and cool. And uh, my part that I've been asked to do because I had a friend who was one of the members of the burlesque group. And we had been in a play together and she had asked me to to come and join in. And I, I had no idea, by the way, that they were doing a reality TV series that showed up and there were all these cameras and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and uh, by the way, I gave the producer of the reality show a very hard time about signing the release did you? Yeah. Oh, um, funny. I didn't. I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I'm like, why should I let you do this? I didn't uh-huh. agree to come and be filmed. Yeah, so yeah. what's in it for me yeah. to help you make your for-profit TV series? You it's know what I'm your saying? reality course, TV course. debut, Mark. That's what they wanted. Is it? Is uh, it? Maybe. Where's the contract? <laughs> I've actually had. I've had a couple instances like that. By the way, yeah. I walked down the street one time, and apparently, just because they were shooting in the street, I I was in the shot. Yeah. Not like uh, in the shot. They were purposely shooting where people walking by. So I walk by and I kind of look back and I'm like, oh, what's this stupid reality thing they're, they're shooting? Unrelated to Jason, the, yeah, the thing was, we were doing. It wasn't my stupid reality. It wasn't your <laughs> stupid reality. And, um, and it was like a game show thing or something. Mm. And a, some PA or producer sh- chased me down to try to get me to sign a release. And I'm like, no. Yeah, they can blur your face. Yeah, they it's can blur fine. my face. I don't need. I'm not going to get paid. I said, am I going to get paid? No, then no. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just like I'm a professional performer. Exactly. You got to draw the line. And just because I happen to be on the block that you're half blocking, mm. and I had to walk around you, I'm supposed to give you my likeness so you can. No, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about mm-hmm. it. And maybe I'm a jerk, but anyway. Um, you got to keep something private. I understand. So back to this reality TV yeah. show burlesque yeah, yeah. thing and all that stuff. So Jason and I had a little bit we were supposed to do together and there's this sort of argument we have or something. And then we get into a carefully choreographed fight. I would like to point out that Jason is a professional wrestler. <laughs> I <laughs> am not. I was very outmatched. <laughs> and... um and Jason can can take a a pretend hit, maybe not me so much. So uh, we got our choreography done. I, I still remember it was actually a lot of fun, but it ends with Jason hit Jason's character hitting my character over the head, and thus me over the head with a a uh, a stunt, breakaway stunt bottle. They're made of like sugar, sugar glass glass, and um, I never got hit over the head with a sugar glass bottle before. Um. 
it still hurts like getting hit over the head with a bottle, especially if you get hit in the temple. So Jason accidentally, I'm not trying to call you up. No, no, go ahead. When go ahead. You, get one, you, you get one take it. It's not like we're shooting a film. It's a live performance. You get one take mm. and you know, you're in, you're, you're spinning around and entertaining people and it's very busy and people are laughing and oh whatever like that. God. And you know, if you don't hit exactly the right spot, it, it hurts because you know, it's a little more flesh than bone. Yeah. And, um, and I, I go down as I'm supposed to. And, and, uh, and that's pretty much it. That, that was, that was how we met. That was pretty much the extent of our connection. And everyone takes their bow. Everyone sings, we take a picture, never see again kind of thing. How did the glass shatter? Did it explode or was it more like a slow burn? Or? I expected with, with, uh, with, um, sorry for not giving you a chance to answer this, Jason, but I expected it to do that, to shatter. It was more like a clonk, clink. <laughs> oh it was a bit of a it was a little bit of a letdown. You would yeah. think like it would it shatter was. everywhere. Yeah. And, but it was it was all right. I, I seem to remember we recognizing that it was a um undramatic moment when I got clunked <laughs> in the head. So we both tried to make it more dramatic like Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> More exciting, exactly. Flow our arms around. <laughs> oh, you really hit me with this bottle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, That's we're awesome. gonna get to more on the story about the uh, the reality show and and all that stuff in just a minute. But before we go to break, we're going to play an improv game because I want to get uh, Jason warmed up here. We're talking about doing a little bit of improv with the bottle and with the fight and all that stuff. So, part of reality shows is the non-reality that they are mm. and there's a constant adjustment it's very interesting watching it happen because you think you think that there a lot of these scenes are completely manufactured to replicate something that just happened that they didn't catch on camera and they go oh that was really cool let's recreate that and try to make it natural mm -hmm. all the time um and or they make up stuff that didn't happen at all that make it look like it's real and it's quote reality unquote. What's cool is there's always a little bit better version of what something can be. So what I love is the idea of trying to think about what TV shows or movies can be. So we're going to play an improv game called What If. And the idea is it is a TV show pitch. So imagine we're talking to a Hollywood producer uh, that's going to make a big network TV show. And in this case, we're going to do what if reality style. Cool. So the idea is that whatever someone pitches as an idea, you accept some of what they say, mm -hmm. but there's always a way to make it just a little bit better. So as an example, yeah. uh, pitch, pitch me something real quick, Daniel, just for illustration purposes. All right. And I start with saying what if, right? Yeah. What if? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what if there's a shark, but it swallowed this radioactive material and it's swimming in the Hudson River? Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, what do you I, think? I what, do you, what do you love think? Love it. Love the shark. Love radioactive material. Rivers are always funny. The, yeah. But what if? Uh-huh. We kept the radioactive material, but instead of a shark, it was um, Danny DeVito. Oh, that's good. So Danny DeVito's <laughs> swimming down the Hudson, and he swallowed radioactive material. So yeah. to me, then we can bring Danny DeVito into now it's a Danny DeVito reality show. Right. And then what if, though, Yeah. what if there's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the 
alien that the radioactive material comes from. And then you got the DeVito, the Schwarzenegger in the same film. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a throwback. It's like twins. Yeah. But in the Hudson River. Yeah. I love it. Okay. We're going to make that. (laughs) That's a, that's a truncated version of what, what we would play. So, um, um, how about I'll, I'll, I'll Daniel? Why don't you start with the first pitch, and we'll just kind of go around the room mm. uh, in a circle t- until yeah. we've clearly identified the, the whoever decides it's and it can be anyone in the room decides we've come to the perfect reality show. Okay, Ooh. all right. Per- so pitching reality show. So why don't you start it off, and we'll go reality. to Jason, and then to Elsie, and then to me. All right. Okay, you guys. So this is what if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, all I'm doing is thinking of actual reality shows that are out there. <laughs> so I'm trying to create my own here. Okay. All right. What if you unleash five housewives in a Home Depot <laughs> in mm. aisle nine with all the hammers? But here's the thing. They have silly putty on their feet. What do you think? I think it's good, but I think yeah. we should maybe block off the aisles, making kind of like a saw kind of theme where they have to play a game. Well, this game basically has things where they can possibly get mortally injured. Ooh. But but in order to get out of this aisle, you're going to have to create some, you know, you know, get rid of some housewives. I mean, you know, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Except um, in order for them to get out of there, they have to do... Knock, knock jokes. <laughs> and um, so, you know, an example would be this, Mark. Knock, knock. Who's there? Smell mop. Do it. You have to. You have I'm to not do falling it. into that one. Mark. <laughs> Please knock, do it. I, knock. I want to know what this <laughs> Who's there? Smell mop. I'm not doing it. Do it to Danielle. She'll play. <laughs> You're next in line. We play by the rules. All right. <laughs> One more time. Mock, knock, knock. Yes. Who's there? Smell mop. <laughs> smell mop who? I'd rather not smell your poo. It's pungent and, and it's vile. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I knew don't... that was <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy about this at all. So that's what you do. You have you have to have the best mm. knock knock joke to get out of the aisle okay. with the hammer. Mm, that's good. Oh. You're welcome. That's there's parts <laughs> of that that are really great, but uh, that is actually really interesting. And I, I love the idea of telling jokes, and I love the idea of uh, of killing um, uh, reality TV stars. Mm. So I think we should keep both of those things. But 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 what if? What we actually did is we brought in all of the past losers of Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. and we put them and made them tell knock knock jokes to each other. And every time they get started, we uh, we we knock one of them off with uh, with a tank. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of big explosions. Um, and what's great is you really never know which one is is going to be. So you have like someone's confessional, and then instantly, boom, you you you, you kill them with a tank. People yeah, explosions. Wow. So what do you think, Danielle? Uh, you know, I'm almost there. I'm not quite satisfied though with that show because I'm 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 missing the Home Depot thing. Okay, so back to Home <laughs> Depot. We need, <laughs> Home we need Depot. Home Depot. No, you know, 
like you just want it to be your original idea. No, Spot no, I actually I love this. Okay, we got last comic standing. We got people getting knocked out. We got knock knock jokes knocking left and right. Um, but what if the the way that you voted for the best knock knock joke? See, see, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, what's the way that that they'll be voted for the best knock knock joke? And maybe if we're bringing it full circle back to Home Depot, we get your random Ho Depot paint worker Ho coming Depot? in Home Depot. <laughs> you know, well, Home Depot is a whole other place, by the way. You know, Carl from Home Depot, he's the judge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you make it like salt to the earth people, and they get to be the judge of the knock knock joke. I think that's a good show. And and you knock knock with the hammers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe we have it. I think we have think it. I'd watch this. And you know what? I have a lot of friends who did not win last comic standing, so they'll be on it. I think they'll get excited for a second try. <laughs> I think it's, it's good. I just, <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just curious why nobody's getting married on this show. I think someone should be getting married. Oh, the yeah, winners you know get what? married. The winners get you married. The winner gets married. That's it. The, to, the, the, show. to the Home Depot guy. Oh, the judge, the Carl. The Carl. Poor Carl's looking for a wife. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Done. I think that's the name of the show. Carl's looking for a wife. Boom. That's, that's the name it. of the done. show. Sponsored by you know producers, none of that Home right? Depot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Everyone gets right. a free hammer. Ooh. Wow. Coming up, we're gonna hear about Jason's story and why he's a wrestler, and uh, and also uh, about being a firefighter. That's all. Right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalkingshow.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Okay, Jason. Your time has come, my friend. It's time to find out all about you. So <laughs> let, let's let's start. I'm gonna let you pick. I'm gonna let you pick which part of you we start with. There's the reality TV star, hence uh, slash celebrity slash influencer. It's just true. It's just true. It may or may not be what you. And what I want to know real quick is this: when you decided to do this show. I'm not going to get into the questions you've asked me a billion times. Why did you do it? Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it just enough for context yeah, for the audience. Yeah, of course. But what I want to know is when you went into it, did where you are now, several seasons of a show, uh, influencer, you know, hundred and whatever thousand people following you on Instagram, um, uh, endorsement uh, offers to whatever degree you've taken them on and so forth. Is this part of the picture that you imagined at all in your head? No. No. I, I mean, I look back on it and it's like one of those things where it's like, wow, I can't believe I did you know, you know, did that. I can't believe I got married. But there was no like they didn't even say the show was gonna air initially. Oh right. Oh, wow. It's like you're doing a pilot sort of and you never yeah, know. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where now it's very, you know, saying commercialism, you know, people want to find love, you know, there's a million dating shows yeah. out there. But this one, like at the at the time, this was kind of like the first of of anything. You know, they had like 
you know, again, like The Bachelor and all that stuff and the way they get engaged. But this was something like you're making this commitment. And at first, again, I say this a million times and I've answered this a million times. I did not want to do it. I had no intention whatsoever of doing this. So it was one of those when they called you up and they're like, hey, do you want to do this? I said no initially because I was like, this is silly. Uh, wow. There's a point in my life where I just had no intention of doing it. Have you seen this show at all, Daniel? Do you know the premise of it? I have not watched it. But I know the premise. So, I, so, I, so what's your understanding of the premise of this? Uh, I'm not testing doors, you. This is my clever way of sharing with the audience in case they don't know what the – by tossing it to you. Uh, right. Hi. So it's it's isn't it like doors open, you see the person, and then you get to say yay or nay as to whether you're getting married to them? Do you get to hear them speak? Yeah. but you For like, how long? Well, See, okay, I, I'm not the best for this. <laughs> it, well, in my recollection, I'm going to let you answer, but yeah. my recollection, Jason, because I, I actually haven't watched subsequent seasons. I only watched the first season. Right. And I only watched it because I met you guys. And I was right. like, oh, I have to see what their story is and everything. And who's I hadn't been on yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I remember is you you know you're going to meet someone and you're going to meet them. If you are one of the people selected to do the show, you're going to meet them essentially at the altar for lack of a better way of putting mm-hmm. it. And at that moment, you can make a decision if you actually say I do and th- you're supposedly there to do it, but you don't see them or meet them until that moment. Yes. And it's okay, the most terrifying thing that you could ever imagine because you have no idea what's waiting out there. And yep. plus, like I told you, this was the first of its kind. So I didn't know if I was going to be fixed up with my ex-girlfriend or <gasps> yeah. somebody wow. that I was completely, you know, again, unattracted. I mean, like someone's going to show up and go, hello. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm a chain smoker. Like, you know, <laughs> like, what's going on? I didn't know. Again, it's television. So that also throws a monkey wrench in it. Maybe they yeah. want to see a crazy drama filled thing where they fix you up with somebody that's, you know, not very. You know, mm. mentally there, so yeah. it's like wow. <laughs> it was nervous, to tell you the least. So now you've been married almost well uh, four and a half years now, or whatever yes. it is, uh, and you're um, you, you you continue to tell the story by continuing to have seasons of uh, after married at first sight or something like that, correct, right? Correct, correct. And uh, and is there more story to tell? Are you able to talk about it? You know what? There's so much story. <laughs> We've been through so much in, in five years and it's almost like the fast track in the first, I would say the first year of marriage was unreal. It was unlike anything I could have ever imagined. It was not only are you married to somebody, like now I'm not comparing myself to other people's relationships currently, people didn't doing the show, but job changes, you know, moving, you know, yeah. you know, family, you know, again, just moving around, like meeting family, you know, family, you know, passing away. Like at that time, wow. that first year of, of marriage was one of the toughest things I could ever have went through in my life. And Why is that? Talk about that. It was, it was too, a little, a little too much. <laughs> you mean because there's cameras in your face plus everything else that was happening? How much did the cameras help or hurt you? Um, well, initially when we did the show, the, it was like, I think... I think it was two and a half months or three months that we they gave us like because the whole premise of the show is you know you get married and at the end of the, the show you can either stay together or get a divorce and you know we chose to stay wow. together. Wow. Okay. And at that time I was job switching. I used to work as a FDNY EMT and then I was becoming a firefighter. So becoming a firefighter, you have to go through the firefighter academy, which is pretty much not around. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's like you wake up at 
five thirty in the morning and you get out at you know yeah. six o'clock at night, do the whole day over again, five days a week, yeah. and you're completely. It's legitimately boot camp. My yeah. cousin's an LA firefighter, so I remember that moment in his life. So yeah. insane. Anyway, no, it's and that that alone is just like okay. And Courtney wow. at the time, she. Um, she was like in between jobs, so that was a little bit rough. And then we're like, okay, well, what else is new? My mother, you know, she had passed away at that time. We had moved to a different apartment, so oh we're in goodness. between moving. Did your mother pass away after you met Courtney? No, she had uh, she had met Courtney. Oh, this is oh. uh, I don't think I've ever really spoken about this. In are you very, very are you much. comfortable talking? Yeah, about yeah. It? Okay, so your mother was alive while you did the show. Yes, and and then she passed away during. While you were doing the show, no, slightly after, and okay. like again, production was like we want, you know, we like Courtney to meet your mom, but with all due respect, but they were very good. Okay. They never really tried to push anything, but I was dead set, no, because I don't want my mom to be, I don't want to remember my mom, you know, in that kind of fashion. You know, yeah. I'll watch the show, you know, yeah. like you know, ten years from now and be like, oh, like that, like. Of course, it would have been nice to see her, like, you know, mm -hmm. but not in, at that capacity where she was, you know, really, yeah, she had uh, passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. So when, when she passed away, it Understood. was like, at that time, I was like, when someone you care about a lot, you kind of just, not saying like you don't, like, you know, it's not there, but you know it's coming, but kind of don't think about it. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, wow, it kind of hits you. And that's what happened to me. And with Courtney, she was there through me the entire time. And I think we had wrapped up the filming of the show. And I think maybe like, Four weeks, maybe like three weeks, four weeks after, you know, my mother went to the hospital and she was, she, and her lung ended up collapsing. Mm. So I was like, you know, if this is going to be the time for Courtney to meet her, right. you know, this is the time. Because again, I was very protective of my mother because my mother was very protective of me growing up. And this is something where if the, if there was going to be a moment where they met, it was going to be an intimate moment. And yes, she knew absolutely. that at that time. Courtney was going to, you know, take care of me, like almost like, like passing the torch. But yeah. she sees that someone like, is there for me where she was my mother was there for me my entire life i feel like she'd be at peace and that's exactly what happened we wow. were at the hospital and you know they had a moment together and it was it was beautiful that's amazing and you know what i love i just saw your most recent instagram post i'm so excited for the month of january oh yeah cuz your mom she was a artist and are those sketches or paintings or yeah, yeah she has like I have like books and books and like wow. you know paintings of all kinds of like different kind of arts and actually on one um the the show actually did help me out. We did like a whole like cuz I wanted to do something special for her cuz they didn't have like the the celebration like the funeral that I kind of really wanted because of everything that was going on. So So what are we talking about here? What what was the post uh, about? Um in January I'm going to basically on my Instagram I'm going to post uh Every like every every day, a piece of her artwork leading to the thirty first, because like basically January is like her month. It was her birthday month, so I wanted oh, to do something special. And again, get her art out there because that was something where she always told me that she had so much more to do. And like, if mm. I can kind of give her, her art to for people to see and eyes on it, I think that would be you know, an amazing thing. You know what a beautiful thing that this little dumb reality show with all due respect is <laughs> know, you know no, in the scheme of humanity as far as how much it matters in the scheme of you know the the, the scope of humanity uh is what i mean it's brought you a, a wife that seems to be a life partner for you it's giving you an opportunity if you had to lose your mom to give her more life in a way to share her art in a way that she wasn't in a position to do. 
and it's also enabled you to have experiences that maybe you wouldn't have seen yourself have. Mm. I, I think that's amazing that something like that can happen. So let me ask you, um, are there things, I think people assume that when you're a TV star, reality or not, um, you're rich, you're famous, you travel everywhere, you have servants, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is what's, what's the reality of being a reality star? Ooh, that's a good one. It's, I think it's everything. I think nowadays, even with social media, everyone wants to put out there what they want you to see. They don't know what's mm -hmm. going on behind closed doors. Even in reality television, when the cameras are on, everyone's all happy and everything. What happens? Yeah. They're off. Like even like the newest seasons, like everyone's like, oh, this person is so nice. Well, what happens six, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, like when the cameras are off, when anybody on reality television for that matter, it's a matter of what you do when the cameras are off and what you do when the Instagram filters are off yeah. is what really matters. You know, how you treat people, how you make yeah. people feel like everyone nowadays, they'll put a picture up and they'll you know, put an inspirational quote and say, I inspire people, but it's a lot more than that. What are you Absolutely. doing elsewhere to really, you know, make people, you know, you know, feel and like that's like I was saying with my art, like with her art, I think people could that's something that people can get an inspiration on. They can say, okay, well, maybe he's doing something for his mom, and God forbid somebody's that's mother awesome. passed away or mother's still alive, they can do something for their father, their mother, their oh, that's anything, great. give back. It's you're leveraging, something. you're leveraging whatever degree of celebrity or influence that you have to really inspire people, which is yeah. seems to be part of your ethos. Look at what you do for a living. That's so true. You, you entertain no, so people as a wrestler. Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, maybe it's selfish. Some You're doing something you enjoy and it's fun. You get attention. But the truth is you are entertaining. Yeah. And then as a firefighter and as an EMT, your entire purpose in the world is to save people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's um, to then have influence and to use it yet again to mm -hmm. give. It's very cool. I think that that's what life is all about. It's yeah. not what you can you know, take. It's what you can give. And I don't have much to give. I don't have a million followers or anything like that. But whatever little I do have, I would like to, you know, you know, like you said, give back or anything because that's what life is all about. How much do you work on that, Jason? Meaning how much are you trying to make being an influencer a business? How, mm -hmm. You know, versus, hey, however far it goes, however much it is, how much, however much it lasts, this is a moment, a blip in my life. Or is this now who you are? And it's a job that you must maintain and grow and nurture because it can be a larger source of revenue. I want to get to a million followers or whatever. Um, I, honestly, I, I, don't, I really don't think about it. I think about like I, I, I'm very conscious. I think most people are nowadays of what they put, you know, on the Instagrams and their social right. media. Obviously, with my job and just, just again, what what I post, it's it's got to be, it's not, it's, it's got to be thought about. I can't just be like, I'm just gonna post this food if, if it's like a story or something stupid, or whatever. Right. But and like in the and overall, I think it'd be nice to have that kind of following. But at the end of the day, who cares if you can't do anything with that? If I say, okay, a million followers tomorrow and it's, it's just, you know, fake followers or, you know, just people that just, there's just looking at your stuff. And what's the point if you can't, you know, again, like you said, leverage, leverage, I think is a big thing. And like a lot of celebrities, they leverage and they do things with different kinds of, um, uh, they yep. don't, like, was it charities. Like, charities and yeah. everything. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, if I can do that, then that, that'd be awesome. Whatever little I do have. Interesting. Now, 
let's talk about another part of your life. We, we talked about firefighting a little bit and we talked about being a reality star and a married guy. Um, but what about being a wrestler? What is that all about? So <laughs> what, would you, what, do you have a, a, a wrestling name, a, an alias? It's just, it's just my, uh, basically my surname right now, Jason carry on, but I'll say Jason, keep calm and carry on. That's oh, like my right. little yeah, shtick. Yeah, yeah. That's my little <laughs> shtick. That's fun. Yeah, it's, so, it's great. It's great. So what is your wrestling persona like it's the complete opposite of me it's the it's basically the not humble the not giving back the very selfish the basically the re, a reality television star in that everyone right. believes reality tv stars are really like Whoa. the ones that want the million followers that's the kind of character I, that kind of base it off of are you um are, are you one of the the evil people within the world of wrestling? I would say uh, the, the, one of the bad guys. Okay, yeah. the, the heels. He, I'm gonna teach you guys a little wrestling lingo. Yeah, heels. Uh, are you one of the heels uh, in the uh, wrestling world? He, being a heel is more fun. Okay, of course. Okay, sure. Cool, cool, cool. Are you? Um, now I will tell you there was a time in college without making this about my story where a friend of mine and I staged about thirty fake fights in one night. <laughs> Uh, had a little bit too much to drink, but we decided that all the other resident advisors deserved a little show. So we did one in front of each of their doors. By the end of the night, you can't help but be a little beat up after 30 fake fights. So how has... I, I, I want to avoid taking the magic and mystery out of a little bit here of what you do, but um, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, strategy and choreography and 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 clearly uh, stamina and physicality that goes oh, into being able to physical. execute what you do. You're you know you're, you're listening to this now, but I, I must tell you, it's very evident that Jason's in tremendous physical shape, mm -hmm. and I know you work hard at it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's just obvious looking at you that yeah. that um, you know you, you fell off the healthy truck. So, um, <laughs> but but my question is, um, how does Having fun with wrestling and whatever income that brings you or opportunities that brings you impact your ability to effectively carry out your duties as a firefighter because of exhaustion or injury or any of those things. How do you balance those two things to make sure you serve both? It's it's a little difficult at times, but my schedule being a firefighter is sometimes it works to my advantage because we don't work five days a week. If I Worked five days a week as a firefighter, and then on a weekends I'd wrestle. I'd be completely destroyed. Oh yeah. But we'll do different kinds of things called mutuals, where we'll work yeah. maybe like you know three, four times a week, and then I can be able to wrestle on the weekends, heal up for one or two days, and then you know go back at it. Wow. What, what's been the That's most crazy. poignant moment as a firefighter you've had that made you go, "This is freaking why I do this." The most poignant. Um, there's been a couple of fires, like real bad fires, because I work right across the street from One World Trade. That's where my firehouse oh, is. Oh, gotcha. Wow. And over there, obviously, there's like all high-rise buildings. And just walking out you know, of our firehouse, we get the, the, you know, the beautiful view of One World Trade. And it's like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. And just being at you know, some of these fires that are just like – you go in there and it's – I never forget. I forget where it was, but it was somewhere – it was somewhere um, – uh, I want to say like East Broadway, but we mm. had a fire and I had like the nozzle position where the nozzle position is like right in front of like the, the hose line and I'm putting out this fire and I'm like, I could feel the heat on me and I'm like, this is, this is awesome. And you could see it is slowly going. I, first it wasn't going out. I'm like, uh Oh, you know, and I'm like back out a little, back out a little bit. Then we, you know, we start hitting it and I'm like, wow, this is why, and this is why I'm doing this. And then we put it out and that walking out and you completely like 
you know, charred and your face, your black is, you know, from the smoke and everything. It's like, wow, this is, it feels great. It's accomplishing something. Yeah. Truly. And also breaking a door is pretty much, it's pretty fun too when you break a door on the hell again. Yeah, that's not going to lie. Mean, the, the destruction of a fireman, sure, basically. Sure, sure, sure. Wow. Do you have a sickle? A sickle? Yeah. You know to break windows in? Well, we break the windows with the halogen. It's, it's, oh, that's what that's, that's called. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. No, sickles for wheat, my dear. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, I guess I'm thinking of a curved hammer, and I just decided yeah, yeah, to yeah. nickname it a sickle. You know, I like okay. it. Okay, it's all right. It's I okay. saw, when my first week in New York, there was a fire in the building right next door to me, and there were a fireman. I was on the fourth floor, and they were right across the, the way from me, and I was watching them. Hammer in the window. Is that a sickle? Sir? Yeah, I'm like, is that a sickle? <laughs> got weed over there. Got weed over there. It's pretty cool. What you got going on? Uh, wow. Are, are, are there uh, firefighters in your station that were firefighters during 9/11? Yes, we have a couple. So I'm wondering if uh, if you don't know about this, maybe you'll ask them about it. So Elsie and I have a friend who, weirdly, her last name is Kardashian. Mm. And she was, but she's not part of those Kardashians. We call, we call her the good Kardashian. <laughs> but um, long story short, um, and and I can fill you in another time. But um, uh, she, d- when nine eleven happened, she had a restaurant in California, and she decided to leave her restaurant, come to New York on her own dime. Sorry, there's an important part of this question. Uh, this this that I forgot. She had been helping uh, military people out in California for a long time and supporting them in the community and giving free meals to them and all that stuff. She was honored the month before 9-11 at the Pentagon with her highest civilian honor, then went to the World Trade Center and visited there, then came back to California. So she just freshly had both of those experiences. And then this happened. So she went to New York. And she spent the next, I think, year, Elsie, something like that. A couple of years. Uh, a couple she of years. She sold a restaurant. Sold though. a restaurant, used the entirety of her savings, and on her own dime, cooked for and fed more than 100 firehouses. Ugh. Um, and so uh, – and then when she ran out of money, she she said goodbye. She, no, and, no, no, no. You're wrong. I'm wrong? Okay. She got a job as a manager at Olive Garden to get more money. Yes, that's right. And in then her kept doing spare it. time. Kept doing oh, it. Wow. Eventually, she she left, went back to California, to and started a new life as a uh, flight attendant for uh, JetBlue. And um, she's an amazing person who has like ten thousand personal contacts because she's a magnetic person who helps people. Okay. So what we found out when 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 we we talked with her about this was okay so you've done all this in your life you clearly deserve to have things given to you you've earned it so if right now you had money was no object and you could do anything what would you do this was a magical moment for me she said what i would do is i would buy an rv and i would take all the memorabilia that i have that all the firefighters gave me and the stories they told me and everything that they've accumulated from that time that they gave me there's stories that she knows that are not public that oh, are yeah. very deep intense stories from that period that she's aware of and she would create a mobile museum and go around the country from city to city to share the memorabilia and the stories to people to keep the memories of those firefighters alive for years to come. That's what she would do for the rest of her life if she had unlimited money. That's an American hero to me. 
in addition to the things that you do, but here's someone that gave up everything, gave up two years of her life just to try to help the people who helped other people wow. in a way that she could. And, um, and so uh, on the previous version of this podcast called Monkey Radio with Mark, we made her our very first uh, Monkey Radio American of the Year, which, whatever, whatever <laughs> that is. But it was some way we could give her some substantive honor it was our way yeah. to thank her and congratulate. She's an ex extraordinary person. So, um, so go back to your firehouse, Jason, and ask the guys that were around 9-11 if they remember this person. Yeah. If, if maybe they were one of the firehouses that she had served. Absolutely. Um, Does she have a nickname or something? I, I, I don't. Just a regular name? Yeah. Her, well, her, her name is Angie Kardashian. Oh, life. I didn't know the first name. Angie. Yeah, Angie. Cool. So I had to take the opportunity when I found out that you do work with some guys from 9-11 that yeah. give you something you could take back to them and how wonderful it would be for that to be a little full circle thing. Of course. All right. Last question for you before we move on with the show. And that is, um, it's the end of your life. Sorry. It's the end of your life. And you, uh, you get, you, you've been given the opportunity to decide how the world remembers you, what's on your tombstone, what the tales that are told about you the way you're thought of in song, whatever it is, what does that need to be? Hmm. Well, even like the, like on the subject of reality, I, I want to be remembered as the person that, you know, gave back and gave back to many people. And also too, is the realest person never sugarcoated. Anything was always real. He put the real in reality. That's a good tune. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good night. <laughs> That's great, man. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I got to tell Jason uh, my engagement story just because I think he'll appreciate it as someone who got married to someone when he met her. And, uh, and then uh, I want to hear about Elsie's cat. And then it's time for End of Show Food. Yum, yum. All right. We'll be right back. Hello world, I'm George Manley, the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Solar. I have a background in broadcast journalism, I've traveled the world, and I love to write. But more than any of that, I love to have great conversations with interesting people, and I love to learn their stories. I am so thrilled to be working with really interesting people in the social commerce space as a result of this show. Solar is a place where brands and influencers create content to share with their consumer public. Each week, I'll be presenting a story from an interesting person in this space, and the goal is to learn something more about how this industry is evolving. The goal is to learn something more about the creatives behind the creator-influencer space, and the goal is to celebrate the community that is quickly forming on solar.com. I hope you'll enjoy this show. I hope you'll enjoy our conversations. I hope you'll give us feedback. And if your story is interesting enough, I hope you'll join us on another solar story, the art and business of influence. Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. And you can find more episodes of Solar Stories and learn more about solar at solar.com. It's the kind of itch that you can't scratch. But there's always room for a good ointment. 
This is Funny People Talking. All right, Jason, uh, real quick, I got to fill you in um, just because I've never told this story on the show. Uh, so about um, nine or ten months ago, I got engaged uh, to my fiance Heather. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and um, she, uh, what? I, but we actually had already been together almost eight years. Oh, wow. And um, what I knew that. I finally had said, all right, we're, we're going to do it. And she never nagged me about it. Never. But she was not the kind of person Aww. who was like, oh, look at the rings in the window. Or let's look, you know, I'm looking at Bridal Magazine. It was never a hint. It wasn't something we talked about all the time. It was just in my mind. This is just me talking. I'm not giving her the opportunity to, to voice anything. But it was, um, uh, I guess maybe just understood this would happen eventually, but everyone was patient about it or whatever. But I, I knew it was it was time. And so uh, for a long time, I had kind of planned this. I wanted to plan the perfect thing. We have on our bucket list, uh, we want to see the, the Northern Lights. It's one of the things that we definitely will make sure that we do. We just haven't been able to yet. So um, her birthday had come around in January and I'd asked her to put a day aside uh, to um, – for me to give her kind of a day of fun, a day, a day for, for Heather. And, um, uh, so she did, I said, all I want you to do is just be ready. And I want you to look cute. I want you to dress <laughs> and look cute because I knew we were going to take pictures because I knew it was going to happen, yeah. but she didn't know. And I just didn't want her to go like, if you had just told me, yeah. I would, I, I would have dressed. Wardrobe better. is so important, I Mark. Know. Way so to go. It was the least I could do. So, yeah. um, not to make myself a hero and just no, saying I was you trying, nailed it. trying to be thoughtful. So she didn't know anything was going to happen. I said, just be ready by this time. So then I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave now. And she was like, wait, what? What? We're not going together? No, no, no. Instructions will come because I knew I needed to be somewhere ahead of her. <laughs> She's like, oh. But she was very cool about it. So uh, then I texted her, okay, in 10 minutes, a car is going to come to pick you up. And then don't <laughs> ask the driver. They're not supposed to tell you anything. So the driver took her to the love capital of the world, Newark, New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> heard about oh that place. And, uh, and, and, and unfortunately, the driver was so efficient, they actually got there like too early. And so I had quickly arranged for her to have breakfast in a diner nearby to where she was going and, um, and arranged for everything, you know, breakfast was ordered and paid for. And she just walks in, tells them her name, and they... Treat her nice and, and all that. And I said, send me a picture of you at your breakfast. So she did. <laughs> and then um, I'm sure she was wondering why I said, you know, when you walk over to the next place, I want you to film yourself so that we, you, know, you can remember <laughs> it. And, um, and so she had to walk over to the museum, the Newark Museum, and ask for an envelope in her name. And when she did that, then she, someone would know to come down and get her. So someone did, when she got there, the security guard was like between shifts or something. He didn't know about it and wouldn't oh, let no. her in. So eventually the uh, – now, at the New York Museum, there is a planetarium, a small planetarium. And it just so happens that they have a Northern Lights show, uh, which is very actually hard to find in the Northeast, I, I find. That's why you had to go to Newark. I had to go to the love capital. Yeah. So uh, trying to make a very long story as short as possible – um, she's escorted into a small planetarium. It's a show for one. So it's like, where's Mark? 
I thought he was going to be here, but he's not. Uh, so she comes and sits down. Now, I've planted hidden cameras to <laughs> capture all this, and I'm standing behind a door that she can't see me, but I can see her. I'm monitoring her. Oh. And she walks and sits down, and then he goes, okay, here we go. And the lights go down, and then this Northern Lights show starts going on. And then at a certain point, she starts hearing music go along with it. Now, she's a musician, and she's written a number of very cool songs, and a couple of them, one's called Bright Star, and one's called I've Decided. So what I had arranged is a composer of mine, so Bright Star, like Planetarium, I've Decided, as in I had decided. And so I arranged for the musical themes that she had written for those songs to be woven into an original orchestral composition from an incredible composer that I know. And this eight-and-a-half-minute show of the Northern Lights was synced to this music that he had woven in her musical themes into it. So she's sitting there watching this show, like, why am I here by myself? But this is cool. Thank you very much. Oh, Northern Lights. Okay, we want to see Northern Lights. It's cool. And also she started to hear, like, these notes from her. She's like, wait a minute. What the hell? <laughs> like, what's going and, and And then, wait, that's another one of my songs. What the hell? So then it's over. And it's cool because the music kind of ends with this big crescendo, this big drum roll. Boom, lights come up. I'm shaking a little. I walk out. She looks at me and she's like, hey. And I walk out and I'm like, did you did you notice the music? Did you? Yeah, I was wondering about that. That was really cool. I'm like, well, that's for you. You know, this is all for you. And um, you're my bright star and I've decided. And then I did the whole get down on your knee thing. And um, she, as soon as I started getting emotional I was talking to her, she said later, that's kind of when she knew that something was about to happen. Yeah. And, and very... Happily, I'm glad to say she said yes. And then we sat down, and uh, it was a lovely moment. And we watched the show together because I actually had not seen it. We got to see it together oh, cool. and hear the music. And then we walked around the, the museum a little bit. She loves museums, and it was really actually a very cool museum. And then we went, decided to go to the city. We were going to go sell, get a car and go to the city and celebrate. So we go to this um, this uh, little tapas place, and um, I position her just so, so her back is to the door. And then all of a sudden she notices someone next to her and it's my, she looks and she goes, oh my God, it's my brother and his girlfriend who I knew were coming into town that weekend, but she didn't know and they didn't know I was proposing. So both sides of this get this like, oh my God, oh my God, kind of moment. (laughs) And it was, it was wonderful because I get to celebrate it with people. Did you orchestrate the brother thing? He was actually coming to town anyway. Wow. Totally coincidentally. So then everyone's like, well, let's get a table. We can go get a table. Like, no, this is good right here for a while. We're, we're good. Because I wanted, I had another surprise of in store. Of course you did. Of course. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then all of a sudden, um, Casanova she hears, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but everything worked out well. It was a nice day. So so all of a sudden, uh, Heather hears uh, this music next to her. And she's like, she's like what? and she turns and it's our friend, uh, Lucy Calentario, uh, who's actually been on monkey radio also and she's heather hears this ukulele and she turns she goes oh my god it's lucy and lucy's playing our favorite song of hers because she's she came from a grammy luncheon and came over to do this for us walks in plays our favorite song serenades heather in front of the entire restaurant now the restaurant is it's it's quiet as a pin drop except for the ukulele and her singing everybody in the restaurant's watching dude it's like a movie moment Okay, seriously, everyone's eyes. The the bartender sitting there like wiping tears from his eyes. He's just beaming. 
and uh and that finishes and it was just it was just an incredible moment we got it on video then the bartender comes over to us and this was the cherry on top he comes right. over to us and uh and he, he brings us champagne and it was very nice in the, on the house and he says listen i want to tell you i had just been getting so cynical about people and about the city i was just kind of mm. ready to give up on it all and then you see a moment like this and it just restored my faith mm. in love and people and that just felt so great that it what we had that was a monumentally important moment for us had some way of touching another human being yeah. that was unrelated to us. And it, it was something maybe even they'll talk about. And we spent the oh, rest yeah. of the day, we went to like Little Italy, had an amazing uh, Italian meal and, and just spent a great day. So that, anyway, that was the engagement story. That was the complete opposite of showing up and meeting your bride at that moment. Because, oh, uh, side note, my my lovely now fiance tells me afterwards, she says, oh, by the way, um, in about two weeks, I was planning on proposing because I think I'd waited long enough. <laughs> wow. Good for her. You know, I mean, yeah, good, you know, I'm, I'm like, whew, right under the wire. Oh, but, uh, wow. But, uh, did, it go as, did it go as his plan, though? Did you feel like Ruth? I feel that for almost every part of it, it went as planned. I would have liked if I had gotten through my little speech maybe without choking up as much. Right. Yeah, um, you can't. You but can't. I I just wasn't plan able that. to do it. But as far as every other part, no, I mean all the surprises, um, nothing got That's leaked. I I don't know awesome. how she didn't figure out this was happening. To be honest with you, so I would have been suspicious as hell. So, um, but it worked out. So anyway, uh, we're getting married in uh, in May and. Um, Wow, I love that. Mark. I just had to share. I had to tell. Beautiful. I don't. You don't get a chance to tell these things very often to like a bunch of people. So yeah. Share. Thanks for hearing my my. Oh, that's nice, awesome. our story, Newark so. is the luckiest place. Love, I'll tell you. love capital. Oh, love capital. <laughs> Sl- slight uh, epilogue. So we're very private. We don't like put on social media about our relationship. I don't either just, with my relationship. Yeah, it doesn't Same. say you're with so and so. We don't post, you know, uh schmoopy stuff on I don't on, do schmoopy. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm a big schmoopy person. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have anything against that. It's just not what our style is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But uh so we actually hadn't told really anybody except the closest people to us. We didn't announce it on Facebook or anything like that. So we got engaged at the end of January and the museum reached out to us and said, on Valentine's Day, we're going to be doing a little Valentine's message. Could we post about you getting engaged in our planetarium? We were like, you know what? Sure. What a lovely way to tell everybody that doesn't seem like us just tuning our own horn. So uh, they did that, and then we just posted their post, and that was the way we told everyone. That's so cool. That's, that's cool. so cool. I, I love that. So that was our little reality TV moment there or whatever. Like it. Chase. I <laughs> love that. Thank you. That is beautiful for sure. Um, thank you. All right. So. Um, I may I'm... have cried a little bit. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay. A complete and total. Speaking of airplanes. Um, Am I right, ladies? A... Yes, exactly. Um I do, before we get to end of show food, I really feel the need. Elsie has been sitting there so quiet and just sort of patiently allowing me to t- tell a little story here. But it's I really, all, it's all good. I want to circle back on your cat nunny business. It's been a long time since we've talked about nunny business. Yeah. And I, I want to see what's going on with your cat. Um, so for those who don't know about nunny business, can you tell us a little bit? Let's refresh us 
on what no new business is like, what is no new business, how does no new business spend his time. It's a it's a what, male cat. Yeah. Okay. He he's a cat. He's a tuxedo cat, right? Yeah. Okay. He's a tuxedo cat, and he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is he? Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. What does he do? How does he spend his time? Is it regular cat stuff? Yeah. Being a cat. He's yeah. cool. Does he like the sun? When he's in the window, yeah. Um, How's... At night, he goes out. He goes yeah. out? Yeah. He comes back? What does he do when he's out? <laughs> you know what he does, Al. Know, we made, I, a, we I, made a film about it. I know. He's a jazz play, sax player. See, this is what I was wondering. He plays the sax. He wow. does, yeah. Why do you make why do you make me pull it out of you like this, Elsie? I'm, I'm setting you up. I don't know. What do you, what I'm do you, a producer. I'm not supposed to even be talking or anything. I'm just you know what to she sit is? here and make she sure is. you behave. She's right. She's actually right, Mark. Okay, she's Daniel. right. I just make sure. Wait, you no. how's, your, how's your last show going? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Would none of your business enjoy a salsa class? I don't know. Are you dances. offering? No, I'm talking about chop chop salsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It was good. Talking uh, about salon callback. Thank a good you. Callback. Yeah. What what does do you ever feed none of your business human food? I tried to grow an herb garden once and he ate it before it got very far. See herbs, cilantro, none of your business, and I would get along. This is not about you, Danielle. So <laughs> I love the cat already. I love the cat. Yeah. <laughs> what um? How would you? What has the cat brought you in your life as far as joy or misery or both? He doesn't bring any misery. Okay. How does he bring you joy? Because he's my cat. <laughs> just, just back to the basics. I, love I think it. we should just go to end the show food and okay. stop. I mean, it is none of your business, and he's named that for a reason. Ooh. <laughs> oh, hey, Elsie. Yeah. Knock, knock. <laughs> okay, so uh, you, that means okay. The knocking means one thing, and it means it's time for end of show food. That's right, end of show food. It means it's going to be the end of the show, but first. Get a chance to find out what Elsie has brought all of us to try, experiment, and evaluate. So yeah. What do you bring today? Um, where's the? Uh, do you have the napkins or paper towels or something? You're the producer. Why don't you have? No, them? that was your job. They're they're back there on the. Um, all right, talk uh, amongst yourselves. I'll get stuff. Okay. Ooh. So uh, just to let you know, Jason, on the show, uh, every show ends with Elsie. Uh, and her her resourcefulness bringing us uh, something that it's very likely none of us have ever tried. Um, and sometimes it's weird and sometimes it's just fun. So uh, And then afterwards <laughs> what we'll be doing is we will be rating the food based on a scale of chickens, meaning but, how many chickens. But there's a rule you're forgetting. You don't get to just eat it when you want. Everyone does it on the count of three. Okay. What else you said. So the the thing about the 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 chickens is you can decide how large the scale is. Okay. We out of ten chickens, out of a thousand chickens, whatever you want. Da 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 da. Ooh. So today we have McClure's pickles, sweet and spicy, like me. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so everyone's gonna get some. All right. So now, just to describe, this is a, a large jar of pickles. Hold it's up. not just pickles in it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So it's not just pickles. It looks like there's peppers and onions or something in there, too. It looks very spicy. Yeah. 
Very spicy. Okay, we're like smelling. Pickles. Okay. Very, oh, it's so oh, delicious. Describe <laughs> describe the smell, Danielle. I'm jonesing for a pickle now. Are you? Um, yeah. It it smells like I might need to. There's almost like a sauerkraut thing going on, and it brought me right back to five year old Danielle at a Padres game with her dad because I I grew up going to baseball games and that's where that took me. Oh, isn't that cool? Look what you did for her, Elsie. Look what that's you did. Nice. Give her a child memory back. Uh, so. <laughs> Without this pickle, I don't think I would ever remember that again. Well, there you go. So now, so just to uh, give you the listener a sense, these are uh, Elsie's going around with a big beer mug filled with pickles and uh, and giving them to to each of us, and they smell <laughs> very um, dill pickly a little bit, but with a a bit of a sting in the smell from the spice. Yeah, and and Jason, how many did you get? I took three because I three. already know I'm gonna like them. I have three I adults and them. one baby. Oh, I only took one, guys. Well, it's okay. It's okay. Be, okay, I'm not gonna oh. eat it until Elsie says. Okay, Elsie, we're waiting on you. All right. This is uh, uh, this is a podcast that relies on sound. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Oops, I just dropped an onion. One, two, three, manja. All right. Is it good? Is this going to sneak up on us? Oh, this is... mm. Mm. I don't find this very spicy. Mm. Wait for it. Well, I like the kick. Yeah, it it comes at the end. Well, kicker. Oh, that's good. I need the kick. I'm a big kick guy. I have a feeling. Big hot sauce guy. You are? Okay. Huge. If if I had some beer with this, this this could be dangerous and I could eat a lot of these. Oh, how delicious. Do you know what these pickles are? These are the... Pregnant woman craving pickles, pickle mm. with like you know the like you with know ice cream? yeah the ice cream thing the pickle Yum. thing the thing the thing Stash that's what this is. Pickles. I love this. Get a little night. chocolate ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Danielle, how many chickens do you give this? Um, these were good. I yeah, like yeah. I'll probably not, not to sway your vote. Sorry. No, no. I'll probably give this. Um, I'll say like eighty nine out of a hundred chickens. Okay, eighty nine out of hundred. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jason? How many chickens? How many chickens? Um, I really like these pickles. I thought they were quite nice. A little bit of a kick, not too, not too bitter. I would yeah. give it nine point three chickens. Nine point three out, out of ten. Out of ten. Oh, right. Out of ten cluckers. I'll see how many chickens do you give this? <laughs> I'd give it seventy two out of seventy two. Wow. Ooh. I like that. All right, I'm going to give this a uh, 14.9 out of 15 chickens. Wow. Um, The 0.1 deduction is because I only had three and a half of them. I I didn't have a pepper. That's why I didn't. Yeah, no peppers. Yeah, we have to get more more peppers. All right, so sadly, by the signal of end of show food, this is actually the end of this episode, which I I, I frankly feel like we could have gone another hour. We could have. Really enjoyed having you on the show, Jason. Thank you very much. How can people connect with you, by the way? Um, They can connect with me on my Instagram, uh, B-K-L-Y-N-B-A-D, or Twitter at K-R-0-S-S. All right. Please uh, give Jason a shout. Let him know you heard about him on the show. Uh, that's it for this episode of Funny People Talking. Thank you so much, Jason. It was it was a real yeah, blast thank you, to Jason. go down memory lane with you a little bit and yeah. find out what's going on. Thank you very much, Elsie, for everything and for end of show food. <laughs> what's that? 
Knock, knock. Someone's knocking. Oh, nobody's home. Nobody's home. We're going away. <laughs> um, and thank you, Danielle, as always. That's oh, fun. yeah. This was a blast. Thanks. We're and all going to leave here with great breath. I know. Woohoo. We'll go over and breathe on you right now. And, uh, and thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to having you back next week for another fun-filled episode of Funny People Talking. We'll see you then. Bye. Reveling at more than a thousand miles an hour. Because that's how fast the Earth rotates. So, admittedly, we're all going that speed, but it's still very, very fast. And this is Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at, at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. <laughs>